Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. Hey, welcome to Life After MLM's Lula Rich companion series, Lula Bitch, a place you can come to find all the tea and everything that was left on the cutting room floor. You're about to hear the personal accounts of the people affected by the MLM LuLaRoe. These stories are our own personal opinions, accounts, and allegations of our experiences within the cult. Some stories may be triggering. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, I have a guest for our LuLaRoe special who was not featured in the documentary, but I felt that her story needed to be told because, well, it's wild and, and you'll see. So, <laughs> so wild. And I've, and I've kept it so close for so long. And <laughs> as I started jumping down this rabbit hole, I just thought, it, I have to tell it. I have to tell it. Yes. Well, without further ado, I would like to introduce you all to Sherry. Sherry, um, why don't you take it away and tell us how you even got involved in LuLaRoe in the first place? Well, I had been with other um, direct sales companies. I know that you call them MLM, so we'll just kind of, you know, we'll call it that. And, you know, doing well with those companies and, um, you know, in that top 1%, like you had talked about, and I saw this opportunity come along with these, and again, you've talked about it before, the crazy leggings and the people were going crazy over, you know, leggings that were honestly ugly, um, but they were, you know, buying and selling them and, and suburban housewives were just going nuts over these things. So my girlfriend, Kelly, and I, who um, lived in two different states, you know, I was in Pennsylvania, she was in Georgia, you know, we were trying to think of how could we get involved with this company and do it somehow together? Because neither one of us wanted the total responsibility. I was better with the team building type aspect of any kind of company. And she was better with like the marketing part of it and the, you know, the hustle of the selling and all that kind of good stuff. So we thought, oh, great, we'll do this together. But we didn't know much about the company to be able to do anything like that. So we called up um, the corporate office and said, you know, how do we get involved? Because we didn't know anyone local to either one of us that knew what they were doing. So at that point, we got a phone call from Deanne. And Deanne, you know, worked her magic and told us, you know, how lovely we would be to be involved with this. And we're going to be so excited. And she told us a story about the skirts and the garbage bags and cutting off the hems and blah, 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 blah. And we were hooked. It was instantaneous. And she was going to give us to one of her best, best top-notch people, which happened to be Kim. Yeah. So this was in 2015. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. So I just want everybody to know where we're at. 2015. Right. right. So we get in touch with Kim and Doug. And at the time, they were kind of running it as a team where Kim was doing the cutesy girly stuff and the rah, rah, rah stuff. And Doug was being the quote unquote brains of the operation. That's kind of how they would put it. Right. Like they say, you know, you build the business and then you give it to your husband to run. That's right. So we inquired with Kim about us joining together as a team. And Doug talked us down from that very quickly. And and I'm going to give them this much in that. And it made sense once they talked to us about it was the fact that we were in two different states. Yeah, it probably wouldn't work. But they wanted us to come in separately, not underneath each other, not stacking us, but separately, and then run together recruiting and split up the recruits, which I found very interesting. In hindsight, it kicks you in the butt, right? You know, you find it kicks you in the ass in the end because you realize what they're actually talking about now. So you guys were both like you were laterally together yes. under the yes. same sponsor. Okay. Right, right. Okay. So we talk all that through and they explain to us what they want us to do. And they want us to go ahead and get on the list, get on the list to sign up. So we do that and they tell us, you know, how they want us to set up a Facebook page and start the recruiting blitz and get these people all lined up and all ready to go. And we started doing that. 
The next day we get a phone call from Kim telling us that she's decided that we should go be placed under her very best friend, her BFF, she called her, Catherine. Catherine was going to be a mover and shaker in the company and Catherine would be the best fit for us. Kim just didn't feel she'd give us enough of her time and so that Catherine would be able to, but essentially we would really still be under Kim and we could still call Kim and, and deal with Kim, but it would just be kind of like Kim and Catherine were, you know, really just, it would be the four of us, the four musketeers. Co-sponsoring. Yes, co-sponsoring. Isn't that cool? So we're under Catherine and we're doing this Catherine thing and Catherine's rah, rah, rah in our corner. And at that time, it was like a week or two wait on the list. It wasn't long at all. And it was the old packages where it was the 5000 the 7000 and the $10,000 packages, right? Yes, that is what it was when I signed up as well. And the interesting red flag that I, I mentioned to you earlier, the red flag that hit me was they kept pushing us to the $5,000 package, but they had put together a bump package on their own of what they wanted you to add to the minute you onboarded what the package was they wanted you to add to that. And they told you what it was going to be. It was going to be X amount of this, X amount of that, X amount of this. And they explained to you, you know, you had to have the, they wanted you to have five of each size in every style. And they told you what style. If you didn't have all the styles, people weren't going to buy from you. So you want to be the person they all flocked to because you had every single style. Absolutely. So there's this red flag in the back of my head. I'm going, okay, so I'm, I, I get this, right? And I'm reading this comp plan. I'm reading this comp plan and I'm hearing this. So again, back to the wait period. It's about a week, week and a half. So we're recruiting away and we're splitting up these people. And of course, you have the little rumblings on the team where, you know, people don't really care for Sherry's style. They don't really care for Kelly's style. And they want to flip flop back and forth. And, and there's that going on. But again, Kelly and I are good friends. So we really don't care at that point. We just want people to be happy and we want to sell leggings, right? The day comes, Kelly gets her onboarding phone call and she onboards. Later that afternoon, they stopped the list. And I was like the next person to get the phone call. And they started this nonsense of waiting for, I think at that point it was like five weeks. They weren't going to onboard anybody for five weeks. And then it was going to be like five people a week or some, something crazy like that. Right. right? I remember that. So you yeah. were the person on the other side of that right. wait list. It's, right. And there's Kelly who suddenly onboarded and can now start like really selling. And there right. I am can't. And you're supposed so goal, to be a quote unquote team. That was like right. the whole thing. Exactly. So why not so just the, throw you on there too? That doesn't make any sense, LuLaRoe. Well, we called Kim and Kim insisted she called Deanne and talked to Deanne and Deanne absolutely couldn't do anything about it. Just, just couldn't do that. There was no way, no how. They just couldn't do, because they did it for one person, they had to do it for them all. Now remember, Kim is supposed to be Deanne's right-hand person, the, the, the end-all, beat-all, you know, the princess of the company. However, Deanne did have a little bit of a suggestion for Kim and Catherine to go ahead and suggest to us to help get things going the right way. Because keep in mind, Kelly and I planned on doing back-to-back -back lives, my inventory, her inventory, and get that all straightened out and sell it that way. What they offered, how generous they were, they offered that they would send inventory to me in Pennsylvania and I could start selling. So Not you would be selling, you would be selling Kelly's and half of Kelly's inventory. Oh, no, 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 no. I was selling Catherine's inventory. Oh. And Kim's inventory. So they would hand select pieces that they believed would sell. Out of the they, goodness of their own hearts, I'm assuming. Out of the goodness <laughs> of their own. Because, because remember, Roberta, they really wanted to see me succeed. <laughs> right. They really wanted to be able to share their blessings with me. They sent me product and had me sell it. Now. This is back before the BLESS system. This is when they still were doing the spreadsheets. So I would sell it. And then the payback was 
I was to, when I finally onboarded, I was to purchase those items back and ship them back to Kim and Catherine. Okay. Whoa. Okay. So yep. okay. they're going to okay. front you this inventory since you're on the right? back half of this cutoff. They're going to front you mm-hmm. this inventory out of the goodness of their own hearts. And no payment for me. No payment, no payment for me. from you at all. Just because they want my, because right? think about this. They want my money to be saved for the onboard package plus the bump package wow. that they figure I should buy. They wanted me to purchase in addition to the onboard package, the bump purchase let's say that she sent me you know 17 pairs of leggings buy an additional 17 pairs of leggings to send back to Catherine so therefore what it was doing was increasing those purchases and remember at that time in 2015 it was still the pyramid scheme it was all about what we purchased yeah they were getting rid of inventory they couldn't sell to you to have you sell and then you were to replace it with inventory you bought so they'd get new inventory plus a bonus exactly wow exactly yeah so they were getting their five percent and their three percent on all that stuff oh my god because oh yeah so that that was like the first red flags that were popping in my head but again remember you say it best the endorphins are flowing and you're triggered by these endorphins and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm part of this. And they use the words like sister and they weren't use the words like you're my girl and things that are so at this point, I look back how condescending and how degrading those words truly are right. from that level of person saying it to me. So we get through this and keep in mind, I think the part that really gets me the most is that six week wait turned into 18 weeks so this went on yeah remember how it it was only supposed to be a short time and it went on forever like that okay so there I am and of course this was one of those things like you can never tell anybody this you can never tell anyone we're doing it this way but we're so happy that we're able to help fulfill your dreams we're able to help you get to be that girl boss that you really are now 18 weeks of them sending me inventory and me having to keep track of all of this and keep track of all these things I'm selling and stuff. And honestly, when you think about it, I'm selling it not legally because I'm not collecting taxes on any of this stuff. And you're technically so they, not even a retailer at this point. I'm either. not even a retailer at that point. So people are asking me, people who are real retailers are saying, how are you doing this? What is your retailer number? And people are starting to ask questions. Because they knew that I wanted to get on board and I wasn't quite. So what was I tell them? I'm not on board yet. Okay. So I had to keep my mouth shut, be a liar, have no integrity. Okay. All of this stuff is starting to weigh on me. So thank goodness the day comes when I can finally onboard. Right. So I do this and we go through the motions and the only good thing, good and bad. I, there's not a whole lot I can say it's a good thing anymore about this, but my team built quickly because of the length of time I waited to onboard. Heck, most of them were onboarding it within days of me onboarding, right? Now, I have never been someone who has ever, I've been doing direct sales since I was 18 years old. Started when I was with Mary Kay at 18, right? My dad wanted to teach me about how to build a business and how to, how to work a business. And that was the easiest one to do. I have never, ever been one that would say, okay, I'm going to let my employees, downline, whatever you want to call at this point, do the work for me. I can only rely on myself. And I taught people that way. You can only rely on you. You can't rely on anybody else. You can't rely on your team. You can't rely on anyone. And I felt that's way the best way to handle my team. Now, they come on board and they're excited. The endorphins are flowing. I'm in their corner. I'm raw, raw, rawing for them. I'm doing the, all these things. And suddenly, and I think you're talking timeline about this. And remember, this is a PTD, PTSD kind of thing because you do suppress a lot of this stuff for so long and then suddenly it just bubbles over in you so timing wise I would say at this point we're probably into 2016 at this point and I was set because of course Catherine makes coach no problem because she's got people building so fast underneath her 
and Kim, of course, is the mentor of all mentors. You know, we all we all know that in the Lululemon world. I get invited. I get the ultimate ultimate invitation that you get from Kim. And again, it's that whole thing. Kim will only ask you once. If you decline, she will never ever ask you again to do something. I got the invitation to go to leadership as the you're going to be trainer next month. So please come to this. So I go, and while I'm there. There are some really weird things happening behind the scenes with Catherine. Catherine's got these Zoom calls happening with Kelly and I, where she's upset with Kim. And I had, and I, I don't know the details. But I, do, I don't really want to know the details of these kind of things. But there was something happening between her and Kim, and it had to do with a girls' dinner party or something at Kim's house. And Catherine was not invited, but she showed up for something and there were all these girls and she wasn't invited. And it was just this really messy thing. And it had to do with Doug was doing some sort of a postal postmarking service where he was offering a discount. I think you probably had heard this in the grumblings too. There was some postal thing that he was doing. You should only ship through his post thing. But what it really turned to be was he was getting a kickback from the postal service if he did this thing. And Catherine's husband or son or someone in her family was coming up with this way to take pictures. It was an app of some sort. You take these pictures and they bypass the system. And it was really an inventory creating system that they wanted you to buy into. So there was some sort of a rift going on there. I don't know what it was. It didn't really matter to me because, again, this is really important. I tell you this piece too, because in the end of the story, it'll explain a whole lot to you. I'm not the most tech savvy person back then. Just wasn't. Like it was, it, it's funny. My kids will say to me, my mom can't even remove an app from her phone. And that's the honest to God's truth. I had to call them and say, hey, can you get this off my phone, right? Very important piece I just told you in the end of this story. So all of a sudden, Catherine's got this, it was very negative. And when you're embroiled in the rah, 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 the row, any little bit of negativity just puts you on edge. It puts you on the whole defensive because you're in that cult and you hear the negativity and you're suddenly, that's the enemy. That's the enemy. That's the enemy. That's the enemy. Yeah. We're, so we, we're taught to immediately go on the defensive. Exactly. And that's kind of why the LuLuRoe reps now are like this. And I'm not justifying them, but it, it, it just explains why they are like that. It's not just justified because they're in a cult. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so, sad. Yes. They need, they need debriefed is what they need at this point. But so we go to this leadership thing and we get there and I'm excited because oh, I'm, I'm one of the next up and coming leaders and Deanne has invited me here and I'm going to get to see Deanne in person and she's going to talk to me because I'm one of these up and coming leaders, right? It's about me. And all of a sudden, I was actually, I was actually allowed to, to invite my next up and coming trainer to go with me which is exciting for me because, oh my gosh, now I'm being recognized and Deanna and Mark want me here and I'm in this big city and I'm with my, my people and my sisters, right? My sisters are there. So all of a sudden, Doug and Kim invite us to this very special tip-top secret meeting. Kelly's with me, but Catherine wasn't and I didn't know what was going on. So we go to, of all places, and this will make you laugh, tip-top secret meeting, big things with the mentor, for just this one certain group of people on this team at Red Robin. <laughs> you got to get those endless fries though. <laughs> I mean, I literally cannot make that part up. So it's at Red Robin, right? So we're sitting here on the booth and all of a sudden there's a stranger at the table. I didn't know this person, had no clue who it was. And Kelly's sitting there and Kelly is pissed. I mean, you can tell by the look on her face. And at this point, Kelly and I kind of have this bad vibe. Now, remember, Kelly and I have been friends for probably at this point, 15 years. It's a 15-year friendship. Like we vacationed together. We stayed each other's homes. We would go back and forth between here in Atlanta. Like we, we were friends. Like we were down and dirty friends. And there was something wrong. Her and I just had this, there was a tension there that you could cut with a knife and everyone felt it. I... I'm sitting there, I'm wondering, who is this girl? Very young girl, a lot younger than I am. And I would say like early, early, early 20s. They introduce her as Kim and Doug's daughter, Nicole. She's not a real okay. retailer. Nope, not a retailer. But they start talking about how some things have come up with Catherine. And Catherine is being very negative about some things. 
And Catherine is now just not welcome um, in this team. Actually, she was uninvited to the leadership conference. What? Yes. And so I can feel the hair on the back of Kelly's neck standing up. I can see Kelly texting on her phone. And of course, I know she's texting Catherine, right? And at that point, Kelly had kind of turned to that side and and justifiably so. Now that I know what I know, justifiably so, right? And I went in a very bad direction and I regret what happened next. Kelly starts questioning what's going on. And I look at Kelly and I blatantly say to her, maybe it's time that you reassess your position here. And I severed that friendship right there and then because of LuLaRoe, I severed that friendship. I have never heard from her since, just so you know. I've reached wow. out, I've tried to apologize and I've been told basically to F off. Did Kelly um, leave LuLaRoe after oh, this? Oh, Im- immediately after that. Immediately after that, she left. And I don't know what she's doing now, where she is, like she's totally blocking her life. And again, my fault, totally my fault. And I take, I, I own that. Um, sorry it's okay give me a second here you know give me a second here absolutely the the deep seated manipulation from colts yes. and high demand groups like colts like mlms and direct sale companies this is the real thing right here this is not you know like oh i'm in a call oh. ha 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 this is real yeah. psychological no, it's, manipulation it's real and it gets it gets worse so we're sitting there and they explain that Catherine has been uninvited to leadership. And when you hear something like that, when you're in and you're ingrained in that mindset, you think to yourself, wow, she must really be the bad one. She must really be an awful person because they continue with verbiage that makes you understand that you don't want to be Catherine because now what they tell us next is Deanne and Doug and Kim will now have to make a call to Catherine to let her know she is no longer a rep. Wow. And you hear that and you sit up straight and you're thinking, I don't want to be Catherine. And wow. what a horrible person Catherine must be. Now keep in mind, this is my leader. This is my direct upline. And they straight up made an example out of her and uh, fired her from her yes. own business. That's that right. they tell you that you own your own business, yet right. Catherine just got fired from the business she quote unquote owns. Right. Or now, saying something mean about somebody sometime once. Right. Yes, exactly. So there are two of us at the table who, three of us at that point, who were slated to hit trainer. It was just a matter of the numbers coming out in the next, in the next um, month that would hit trainer. The third one would hit trainer the following month just because of the way she was set up and the way she was growing. So two of us there that were directly underneath Catherine would hit trainer. Obviously, in any other legitimate, and I'm talking direct sales companies of the past. I'm not talking about these new MLMs that are popping up everywhere, okay? I'm talking about legit ones from the past. I'm talking about places like like Longenberger and the oldies, okay? Yeah. You would... Back in like the Back 80s, the, before 1979, right. before MLMs yeah. were made legal by the government right. and this right. whole recruitment thing was made legal. Right. A lot of these keep, MLMs that we see here today were legitimate direct sales companies prior to right. this. That's right. And so back in those days, and, and I've written, I've actually written compensation plans for companies um, in my background. A lot of that, what would have happened is they would have literally just taken that entire top line and shifted it to Kim. That's how it go. I mean, there, it's, only, it's the only ethical way to do it, right? Right. It would just roll up as if that person That's never right. existed. Everybody right. just rolls exactly. up one spot. That's right. Yep. You just remove that piece and rolled up. But what they had decided to do, and they were like, they're talking about how, you know, well, normally this is what we probably should have done, but, and you're sitting there thinking, and you're like all proud because they invited me to this leadership. They've invited me to this super secret meeting, right? Oh my gosh. They're going to give me Catherine's team. And we thought, oh, they'll go ahead and they'll just move Catherine's full team under myself and this other person who's going to hit trainer this month. Nope. Our daughter, Nicole, 
who's not currently a retailer, is going to join tonight and we're going to make her your leader. <laughs> She's wow. not even, yes, not e she is not even a retailer yet. And they're going to put her into that position. And then you're going to have one, two, three, probably four, five. When you think of the bigger picture, probably six, six trainers within a month. Right. Their daughter, their daughter. Right. So Kim and Doug's daughter is now going to be a coach within a month. Where there's Having, that nepotistic cronyism again. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So that didn't sit well with me. I walked away from that table with a really bad taste in my mouth and I was angry and I, and I, I knew what they had done was unethical. It was an unethical shot, but it was clear that Deanne had told him to do it. There was no doubt in my mind this conversation had already taken place about what to do about Catherine. It was a what to do about Catherine conversation. First of all, it should never have taken place with that team. Never, ever, ever, ever should never have been taking place with that team. But they set up at a table at the Red Robin, Red Robin, yum. Anyhow, we should never have done that there, right? At a leadership retreat where other people could be within earshot and had a conversation with people who didn't need to know about it, right? It does seem odd not to have it in like a private hotel room or something and just at the Red Robin. Or not, or, or not at all. You don't well, yes, that's the, you, that's the optimal decision right, right there. Right. The conversation is had with Catherine in, in private and you say to her, here's your NDA. You don't discuss this, right? Like that's, that's legitimate business right there. Okay. So I set up a, I come home from this leadership thing and my husband's like, you know, how was it? You know, was it good? I'm like, well, here's kind of what happened. And keep in mind, I've been doing these businesses forever. Like we're talking 30 years, Roberta. And he says, what the actual F? What the actual F is happening? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, you need to talk. You need to nip this in the butt. I'm like, okay. So I, I got a phone call, video conference with Kim and Doug. And I told him, I said, I'm not happy with what just happened at all. Like it should have gone to me and Jenna. We should have, we, you, if you were going to do anything there, we've been working over a year at this. And if you had, you felt you had to do it that way and needed a buffer between you and the team, that's where it should have gone. And I got the classic cult answers. Well, you know, you really should be grateful for what you've been given and what you've earned and what you've built. And you know, you're going to be there anyhow in the next few weeks, next few months. Like, so why is it a big deal? It's just one more level of leadership you're going to get. And you know, honestly, we're so busy that, you know, Doug and I just can't give you the one-on-one -on -one that you need. No, Kim, I don't need one-on-one. -on -one. That's very clear because what you've just given me is an inexperienced leader anyhow. So now I actually have no leader because you've given me your daughter who is 22 years old. That's and not leadership. knows nothing about that's right. anything that's going on Exactly. She is a stay-at-home mom to a new baby. That gives me nothing. So, so as the story goes, this is, this is suddenly this, this call on my side. And we had this conference call with her daughter, Nicole, who legitimately says, I don't know how I'm going to help you guys because I really don't know anything, but we're going to get through it together because we're sisters. You guys are my tribe. So there we had those words again, sisters, tribe, all those things. So this platitudinous buzzwords. Exactly. Exactly. It just sucks you right back in. So I'm like, okay, great. So there comes this group of four people that are under Nicole. It's me and three others. Okay. That. We all get along, we're all pretty good. We do these daily phone calls over coffee in the morning. And again, it's kind of like you, you were with your group, best friends, we're besties. We do things together. We can't wait to be together again and can't wait to fly to see my sisters and all this stuff. And then we start traveling toward, there was a, there was a situation where they came and did this, this like little mini type conferences across the country. The Inspired Tours. The Inspired oh, Tours, yes. Yeah, with Kim and the, the Inspired Tours yes. with Kim and Doug. Yes. So Kim and Doug came here local for one. 
it wasn't real close to me. I had to travel quite a ways for it, but I went and I was asked by Kim and Doug because they knew how disgruntled I was getting, how, how restless I was. And it was, Sherry, can you help us with this? We really need you to be, be helpful with this one. Yep, I can help. So it was the whole thing. You go and you put the papers on the table and you put the pens on the table. And could you help set up the projector and make you feel like you are the helper and you're going to be yeah. recognized for being the helper. And important. It made you feel like, you know, like really good. Like, wow, they picked me. I must be somethingness. They want me I to didn't. put pins on the chairs. It, it, I'm the, I am the chair, chair penner. I'm the chair penner. That was me, me too. Okay. But Roberta did, flew to my state and didn't even speak to me. Nothing. Didn't speak to me. Okay. But no, wait, it gets better. So while, when I leave there, they call me. I'm in my car on the way home. Sherry, we're so sorry we didn't get a chance to talk to you. We're so sorry. Things just got so tied up. And we had so-and-so who wanted to talk to us about starting their business. And I am so sorry about that. Oh, okay. No problem. No problem. I get it. Totally get it. But you know, we're going to come back out next week and do another one closer to you. Would you mind setting it all up? Okay. Oh, I'd love to. So I set up in a hotel in Hershey, Pennsylvania right then it turns into can you set it up for us to go to the go to the um the actual Hershey Park too sure I can do that no problem now I'm in, I'm in, I'm assuming it's me going with them right right nope they send their daughter ahead of time they send another girl the other trainer on our team ahead of time as well and we have one few hours ahead of time to go and like do this like little bit of a like a meal type thing at Hershey Park and we go to the hotel and it was like an ambush. The daughter and the other girl, we all stayed in the same room. It was an ambush on me to pull me back in. Rah, 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 Sherry, things are fine. Don't cause any waves. All of this is gonna be okay. You know, you're only as good as what you put into it. You only get out of your business what you can do. You know, we, we're here for you, girl. They gave me these cute little necklaces with little triangles on it that said my tribe, all this stuff. By the end of the night, we're all crying and we're all committing to each other again. We can't wait till conference comes. The next day was this, this thing. Now I was the MC of this thing, right? And I got up and, you know, introduced everyone and, and they gave, had me do something about time management. I gave a little presentation on time management, which I'm really good at. And then Kim takes over and it was the Kim show again. And it was all of that buzz, suck them in, suck them in, suck them in. And then all of a sudden in the middle of this, Doug comes over and says something to Kim and they were like, Sherry, come here. I went over and they said, we have to leave. And they left in the middle of this. And the horn was like, oh, they must be so important that they had to leave. Something else must have just come up. Please send our regrets to those people. Like, I'm like, what in the hell just happened? Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report, and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM.
Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the flow knit high rise boyfriend jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester, and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash M-L-M to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash M-L-M. National Voter Registration Day is kind of a big deal. It's a yearly nonpartisan holiday celebrating our democracy, and it's all about getting as many people as possible to, that's right, register to vote. So why is that important right now? Well, sure, local and state elections may not get as much attention as the midterms or the presidential elections, but there's still a super important way for you to use your voice to make an impact and help shape the future of your community. And one of the best parts Registering to vote is really easy thanks to organizations like Headcount. Get registered there in minutes and you won't have to worry about registration deadlines in your state. And then you'll be ready to participate in all of your upcoming local, state, and federal elections. That really is a big deal. Head to headcount.org forward slash Spotify now to register. That's headcount.org forward slash Spotify. See at the polls. That's so weird. It was, every little situation was just weird. Like, it, nothing went smooth. It turned into bizarro land. Every little situation turned into bizarro land, right? So then we start with the whole debacle of you only get one or two solid colors. And everything else is just this stripes, florals, stripes, florals, and Doritos. <laughs> Doritos. Dorito. Don't forget the Doritos. <laughs> Doritos. If they hate Doritos, I'm going to send you more Doritos. Anyhow, <laughs> so the ultimate conference is coming. The one where we paid like $500 to go. Hotels were expensive. And they had, what was it, 25,000 consultants going. Is this the one I, in 2017? Yes. Okay. okay, yes. It was humongous. It was massive. And everyone's excited about 25,000. And I'm going, what are you guys thinking? You don't go over 5,000 people, for God's sake. How are you going to feed them and let them go to the bathroom? Like, how is this all going to work? Oh, don't worry. We got it covered. They are just so great at, at, at events and having these events in California. And, and my mind, I've been to so many conferences. I'm going, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. And I'm sitting out on the fence about not going. And my four soul sisters, right? They're all going, we have to go. You have to go. It's good for your business. If you don't go, how do you expect your team to work? And your team will not be able to be successful if you don't go to conference. And you know that they do. They will do 80% of their business in the months following conference. Get your team to go. And I bought into it again. And I'm encouraging my team to spend six hundred to a thousand dollars to go to a conference they don't have the money to go to because they can't sell the stripes and the florals they can't get a pair of black leggings and everyone's screaming at them for black leggings right and even when you get good prints they were defective or you only got one of them exactly exactly and pastel prints what the hell who wants to put them on their butt right the so. pastel ones were just, I, I, I wondered who even thought this was a good idea. Exactly. So I get through it and I, I, I'm on the fence daily, back and forth, back and forth. And so I was, and at that point, I was cutting down 
my daily coffee chats with these girls. I was like, you know, every other day maybe. And they would like send me little like um, messages and, and little videos. Hi, can't wait to see you. You know, those kind of things. Cause they knew that I was on this fence and I was confiding in the one that I was so close with this, this Amanda. I mean, I really, really cared for this person. And she was there when Kelly, when I, I made the cut with Kelly and she was really helpful through that. And she was really uplifting. We would send gifts to each other and stuff. And I confided in her about this. And she was my direct downline. And I confided in her and she's like, you know, she's like, I, me too. She's like, I just don't like, I can't justify like going to a conference for like 1200 bucks plus any money for this store and taking that time away from my business and my kids and stuff. Like, it's just, it's hard, but of course, you're a good soldier and you forge through and you, you walk, you walk through it, you figure it out and you convince your spouse that you deserve for a three-day weekend to spend 1200 to $2,000, right? Okay. Oh yeah. And you, you argue and you fight and you come, you go feeling crappy and you come home feeling crappy doing it, but you do it right. Because plus you're a leader. Every, well, plus everything that you're going to be doing for your team while you're there. I mean, we had a pizza party. I spent like hundreds of dollars on pizza for all of these people and yes. cupcakes and drinks yes. and oh my gosh, mm-hmm. just so much money. Same. So I was actually putting together these goodie bags and like these presents and all this stuff. I was actually shipping stuff to the hotel ahead of me. Okay. Oh my God. Are we just the same person? Because I, I also I, made those bags. Okay. So I'm telling you like 48 hours ago, I was like, oh my God, is she the same person as me? So I had all this stuff shipped out there. So there's my shipping cost too, right? I get out there and I had 40 people who were going and they were all feeling this pressure from all this money they were spending. The spouses were mad. Little kids were, remember were bringing spouses with them and the spouses couldn't go. And you get there and the lines for registration were long and they was hot and it was awful. And then it was this fashion show and they felt like they weren't adequate enough. Like it was just from the day you stepped off that airplane, you felt this tension where it should have been joy and fun it was not they hyped it up to be this joy and fun you get off the plane you're like oh my god am I wearing the right outfit and oh my god am I am I doing the right thing and oh my god do I bring did I bring enough stuff and then there's this hype about did you get the right passes and did you get the right credentials and did you were you in the right line and and there was nothing that was done easily everything was awful and so my girls are getting mad about that and so I couldn't, there's no way I could have possibly entertained 40 people, not and been able to stay positive, right? So I remember sending out a message to my team and I said, here's how this is going to go this weekend, guys. I want to do as much as I possibly can with all of you, but I can't do everything. So I'm going to tell you guys where I'm going to be and what I'm going to be doing. It may not suit everybody and it's not going to make everybody happy, but you're more than welcome to come along. So if I see you, I'm going to be at breakfast at 8 a.m. at Mimi's, whatever cafe there, then I encourage you all to join me. Just let me know who's coming so I can get you a seat, right? And if you will all make sure you stop by my room, here's my room, here's my hotel. I'd love to give you a gift, but I want to see you in person to do that. So please stop by. I started getting this barrage because they were, and it wasn't anyone personally they were all frustrated by everything that was going on. No food, no water, no bathrooms. Like it was just bad. And they were taking it out on me. And that's okay. Cause I understand I'm their leader. Who else are they going to tell it to? Right. They were mad and weren't coming to get their gifts. They were mad because I went to Disney and they weren't with me. It was just, it was just horrible. So then when I started feeling the effect of the fact that I couldn't even get to a damn food truck over lunch, to get a burrito or an order of French fries and a bottle of Gatorade, I had just lost it. So I stopped going to everything that had to do with that conference that, that day. When the cops had to be called to the store over people fighting over a damn ugly floral backpack and a fanny pack, that was it. When we had Patrick saying something to the effect of, if they, if they don't like the patterns, I'm going to make more of the ugly patterns. I'm looking at this room going, what are we doing here? I when remember that had, speech. Do you remember the, do you recall attorney Bill? I remember I had to come to you today to get, get Bill's name because my mind was just frozen in time. When he was on that stage and Mark was basically making him the mafioso 
of attorneys that would go after anybody for any reason as he's up there. And I was in the second row looking up there and he's talking about how he'll take them all down. I'll take them all down, bring them on, bring these lawsuits on. And I'm looking up there and I'm like, where are we right now? Like what, what, why are we doing this at conference? Like if there's a, if there's a group that needs to be talked to, you talk to them. But then I'm hearing people in the audience who are cheering and clapping at this behavior. I was it, done. I, it was incredibly odd. I remember odd. that too. I remember I Patrick know- standing up on stage and being like, I know you guys are complaining about the ugly prints and the triangles, but if you don't sell them and you keep complaining, I'm just going to make more of them. And I was just sitting there going, did he really just say that? Right, exactly. So that conference pretty much was a large crack in my ego. And I, that night, what was the night that was, then that night was the beach party, which was the biggest shit show I've ever been to. I mean, the, the music was cool. I'm okay with that. But the beach was vast, like it was humongous, right? And there was no food. So you've not eaten all day because the food trucks were down. You don't get to eat at dinner time. And you're expected to have this happy face on because that's what leaders do. Leaders are happy, okay? Whether you're happy or not, you're happy. So you put on a good face and you keep make sure your team is okay. My team was not okay. And it wasn't my fault. So yeah. we left there. It took the, you know, two and a half hour ride back to the hotels. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second because this is what was so ridiculous. I think a lot of people that weren't at convention don't understand. So we were in Anaheim, which is by mm-hmm. Disneyland. And we went to Huntington Beach, which in traffic, it's like an hour away. I don't know why we decided to go to the beach. Um, It was at least an hour. There was traffic. It was horrible. I remember it from the year before. And I ended up driving myself because I was like, I am not going to be stuck in this bus again. The parking situation was horrible. We had to park in these huge parking lots and then offload Mm -hmm. the bus and then walk like a half a mile to the spot where the party was. Yes, yes. And then everyone's yes. wearing LuLaRoe and regular shoes. And so they're walking well, on the sand going, how do I walk in sand in regular shoes? Don't forget the Lula suits. Don't oh, forget the suits. Everyone, everyone was encouraged to wear print on print. Remember that? Right. So a Lula suit for everybody listening to this. I don't, you know, I haven't seen the documentary yet, so I don't know if it's covered <laughs> in it or not. Um, but Lula suits were where you would find the same print in a top and a pair of leggings or a skirt, and you would wear them together like pajamas (laughs) how ridiculous were we okay I look back I'm like what was I thinking like it 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 was and looking back this is so bizarre so we go there to to this this beach after you've ridden in this this bus I mean it was a Prairie's bus type thing right you know Greyhound whatever we would call it and you're on these buses with strangers okay and you're riding for two hours to get there and then when it's all said and done you're full of sand you're hot you're sweaty you're cold at that point because the sun's gone down, right? And it's, it's California and you're coming back and you're wonder, you're almost shell-shocked. Like what the hell just happened? What right. was this, right? So we get back and my team is still hyped up and they're still, and I'm starving at that point. I'm so hungry. I went to Denny's across the street and scarfed down pancakes. I don't like pancakes, but it was like <laughs> quick, easy. I, and my team's like, where'd Sherry go? I found myself, not even kidding, I had a bottle of wine in my room, okay? I took the bottle of wine, went up, sat in the hot tub on the, on the rooftop at our hotel, and watched the damn Disney fireworks alone, hiding from my team. Now, who does that? I spent that kind of money to go and have to hide from the people I should have been happy being with. Yeah. All because, because of LuLaRoe. That's my Absolutely. because of my LuLaRoe story. So- we get back and I tell my husband all this. And he was like, what do you want to do? I said, you know, I said, we do make good money selling. Again, the, the bonuses didn't matter to me. That was not why I was in it. We had a good time selling. It was good for my, my mental status to be out there and selling. We had a cute little barn that we sold out of and our community loved it. They loved coming to the Lula barn. We did our parties there. It was good. And I said, I want to sell but I'm going to have a new strategy to how I'm buying. I am going to pare some things down. We're going to cut some things out. I'm cutting down way, 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 way down. And he said, okay. 
So we did that. We did that for a good, a good six to eight months. And it got to be time for, it was coming up on the next, the next cycle for leadership. So in this time frame, I had gotten, this is where the story gets really bizarre and you have not heard this part yet, Roberta. I get this email from a man in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And his name is, is Tommy Wong. And he reaches out to me because he had gotten my name from a friend of a friend that I had been with a different company in. And that person told him that I'm very good at what I do as far as direct sales companies go. I was flattered. He wanted to know if I could have a conversation with him because he's starting a new direct sales company and wanted to know if I'd be interested in coming and helping him with that. So he and I have a phone conversation as that was all through email. I had a phone conversation and he invited me to Pittsburgh to sit and talk to him. So we're on to Pittsburgh and Tommy is a young, I'm saying this, I'm saying this at the time that I've met him. He was a young entrepreneur, very young and, and had all these, like his, his CV was very good at all the different entrepreneurships he had been in. He had venture capitalist backing for a company he wanted to start. He was in the business of shoes, okay? And he was doing shoes. And I know that your jaw's going to drop in when you hear the story. So he was doing this company where he was selling shoes to places like Forever 21 and those places. Like that was who he was the supplier for those. So kind of like the knockoffy type look, but like a season behind type thing. Right. But very popular for those kind of stores, right? And so he wanted to venture into the world of direct sales. Now, he had already had his company set up, but it wasn't taking off like he thought it should because he knew nothing about direct sales. So I sat down and I looked at it, and he had this really squirrely guy working for him. His name was Tom. And Tom was, I want to say he was probably a tweaker. And I'm just going to put it out there that way, okay? Because he was really, Yikes. really off the wall. Okay, really off the wall. And Tom actually had a persona on this guy's website and on the phone. Like, you know, those little pop-up, like, can I help you type things on a website? His name was Jane, okay, on this website. And, like, people referred to him as Jane. And this guy, this Tom was, like, really excited to be Jane. He was, like, almost overly excited that, yes, I'm Jane. I'm Jane for this company. I'm like... Okay, but you're not impressing me because I'm here for business. And what this Tommy wanted me to do was develop a sales force for him. Help him come up with and develop this company. And I explained to him, I said, look, I need you to know something up front. I am a LuLaRoe consultant. Um, there's nothing in my, in my policy and procedures that would, would prohibit me from doing this as a contractor for you. I have no desire to work for you. I would do it on a contractual basis I would do it for a, let's say, you know, a, let's do it as a nine month and then a 12 month and just kind of keep it going month by month at that point. And we came up with a, a strong number that I felt comfortable with that I could do it for him um, working from home because I still wanted to work my business. He loved that idea because he loved what I was doing and this and that and stuff and thought it was a great idea. So I came on board with him and we started this. I had to undo everything he had, had done. And what I found out he had done I was jacked. He had already reached out to LuLaRoe reps and sold them these astronomical packages of shoes that they could do an affiliate program with him. But these girls were buying packages of shoes in like packs of six, eight, 10, and 12 shoes to use for their flat lays. Oh, okay. 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 So I don't know if you recall this thing going down like this. And I said, you can't do that. Like you're not like what it, you're selling these girls came in the shoes. They're never going to come. They're going to use them for flat lays and never come back for more. Like what is the benefit to you as a business in selling them a case of 12 pairs of shoes that are going to look cute in their flat lays, but they have no way to get more from you they're not, you don't have them required to tag them as an affiliate to sell them. These girls are walking away with your shoes and like, it's a dumb business model. We're getting rid of that. Like these girls are now going to sign up as legit reps or not. Like we're not doing this way. So I should have at that point 
had the hair on the back of my neck stand up, but I didn't, okay? Because I was a professional and I was simply going in there to set up a business model for him, right? Right. I mean, he's coming to you thinking, you're thinking this is a guy that wants me to be like a legit something if he's asking exactly. me for my help. Right. So what did I do? I went out and I did what I do best. I found four top direct salespeople that wanted a new opportunity and a chance to build a sales force. I set up a rock solid comp plan that was not heavy on them building a team. It was heavy on them selling. Okay. Built this up, took care of all that started getting them on Zoom calls with me and we're getting them rah, rah, rah. This guy though, he had, long story short, in the end, he was a scammer, okay? A big time scammer. He was also doing stuff like, he was legitimately knocking off and plagiarizing stuff. I didn't know any of this, okay? Like it, he, there was some telltale signs that was going wrong. In the end, the, just, it was weird. They, the police raided the place. It was just a mess by the time it's all said and done. However, I was disagreeing with the way he wanted to do things. And I finally was saying to him, Tommy, if you're going to do it this way, I want, I want out. Like, I want out. And we could do a whole podcast on that guy alone because it would just blow your mind. All of a sudden, one night, I'm in Pittsburgh. For, I would go out there and I would work for a few days and come home for a few days. Christina Hinks shows up at this guy's office that's a name Hanks. i haven't heard in a long time <laughs> mommy guyver right wow he brings mommy guyver in because he thinks that mommy guyver is going to be the one to ultimately launch his business called you got shoes right you yeah. got shoes yes yeah, in the middle of this i go to leadership okay and at leadership, Patrick addresses the fact that there's a shoe company out there. I'm sitting there in the audience. There's a shoe company out there that is trying to recruit all of our LuLaRoe reps. And I'm here to tell you that if you sell shoes, and that was when the shoes started coming out with LuLaRoe. If you join that company, you are in direct violation of your contract with us. And we will terminate you. Okay. That's when the attorney got up and started talking about that you couldn't violate your contract. I'm in the audience. I'm the one. I'm, I am the national sales director for this company. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and there's a girl in front of me who is literally standing up and she's bashing this company. How dare they? How dare? And I'm sitting there going, holy shit. <laughs> like I, so this is going on. I've got, I've got Tommy who's just like, like tanking this business like crazy. He didn't even have a kit. He refused to put a kit together. Refused to. He wasn't paying the girls. The girls are coming in. It was just, that was a mess. Okay, so, so Lily Rose got this going on, right? I come back and Tommy has this marketing person and I have her on my side about how to do this marketing. One day after he, I got back and I told him what was being said at Lily Rose conference. And I said, you need to back off of these Lily Rose reps. I don't know what you're doing or how you're doing it. And I didn't know how he was doing it. You know what he did? He sent an email to every LuLaRoe rep. What? Giving, giving them a join special. They could join for, join You Got Shoes for free. And had a picture. This is no joke. Had a picture of, you know, the famous picture with the meme where the girl's bending over and the great big holes in the back of her leggings. <laughs> yes. he, he put his You Got Shoes logo in the rip across her ass. No. Yes. So the next thing I know, not even kidding, attorney Bill, the mafioso attorney, sends me an intent to sue letter putting me on an electronic device hold because I was accused of hacking into the LuLaRoe system and gathering all the email addresses of all consultants and I was recruiting them. Now, remember in the beginning, I told you, I am not tech savvy. I, cannot, right? I can't get this damn weather bug app off of my phone and they think that I hacked into a system. <laughs> what I did find out was the squirrely little guy that Tommy Wang had working for him. He did hack into that system before I even got to this You Got Shoes thing. They had already approached the Lulu reps. That's how they were selling them packages of shoes. Now, 
Do you know why Christina Hanks was in his office? I mean, I could guess, but I'm afraid to. Because he, because he wanted Christina to take my place because I was not smarmy enough for him and his operation. Do you want to know who Christina? <laughs> they fired me the next day, which is fine. But do you know who Christina brought in to be the national sales director of You Got Shoes? Um, Take one guess. Oh, Take man. one guess. We've, we've talked about her in this story. Oh, my God. Um, Catherine. I was going to say Catherine. <laughs> I couldn't make this story up. I could not make this story up. All because of LuLaRoe. <laughs> yeah 100% this story is 100% because of LuLaRoe or yeah. the other hashtag yeah. exactly. my LuLaRoe truth so when that happened they um, they terminated me obviously when they gave me the lawsuit we were sitting on probably $65,000 in inventory um I started selling you know for what I could my team got furious with me because I was doing that um a lot of them told me off about it I no longer speak to, I think there's one person from my team that I still talk to. Um, and, you know, she's, she's wonderful and she gets it and she understands. Um, I don't even know if any of them are still in LuLaRoe. The four girls that were my BFF ride or die, I talked to one of them on occasion. She got out of LuLaRoe as well. Um, the other one got out of LuLaRoe also. I do not believe that Nicole um, Roylance is still in LuLaRoe. I'm not sure about that. You know, couldn't care less. Um, and Amanda is doing well in Georgia. We don't talk. I've, I've called her several times. I've offered to fly to Georgia just to have lunch with her and visit her cute little new boutique. Um, and she has actually told me that she would prefer not to and that I totally killed her spirit. So um, that's what Lulu Road does to you. And yeah. that's kind of what happens in this, in this little game they play. Yeah, wow. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing that and being so vulnerable and candid with me. It feels good to get it out. Yes, right? Like, that's what yeah. I tell everybody. I'm like, you get it out, and then it's no longer rotting inside of you. Yeah, and it does rot inside of you. This has been a long, a long three years, four years at this point, to just sit and stew on it. And like I said, the PTSD takes over, and you do forget little things until you start talking about it, or it bubbles up, and you're like, oh my gosh, yes. And some of the names become fuzzy. Um, you know, I can remember. I can remember at one point when Kim knew that I was, I was on the fence and I was arguing with Kim at one of the, I don't know if it was conference or it was leadership or one, one of those rah, rah, rah parties. And I knew, she knew I was frustrated. And her answer to that was, let me introduce you to Tiffany and Paul. And she brought Tiffany and Paul over. And I don't blame me. I don't blame them for this, but she brought Tiffany and Paul over as they were walking through the hotel lobby. And Tiffany and Paul were in that limelight part of it. You know, they, you, they got caught up in that. And Tiffany and Paul walked over and Kim's like, I want you to introduce you to someone. And Tiffany's like, we can't right now. And just kept going. And that was telling to me, like, you know, like I'm, I was just a peon, even though I had someone trying to tell me I was better than that. I was, but I was one day going to be like them, you know, and then seeing Lindsay Wheeler at a, at a conference and her paparazzi following her, knowing that she was drunk as a skunk. I was just like, yeah, I don't want to be part of this. I don't want to be like those people. That's not me. I experienced the paparazzi thing on the cruise um, oh. with Jordan and his mm -hmm. entourage that followed him around. Wow. Um, that was really awkward. And I was like, yeah. this doesn't really seem like a company so much as it seems like a cult. Yes, exactly. And, and looking back now, it, it's definitely a cult. There's, there is so much that is cult-like in that. And I was like, you, you watch Leah Remini and you're like, oh my gosh, that's LuLaRoe. That's Lula. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I appreciate you and I appreciate, um, you know, you letting me get this off my chest and I, if it helps anybody else who's thinking or wondering, or if there's something that's triggered somebody else, you know, that's the best I can do, you know, at the end of the day, it's, that's the best I can do. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for yeah. reaching out to me and saying, I have a story you need to hear. Um, yeah. you know, one of the things in this documentary is I helped them get in touch with a lot of people, but I didn't know a lot, you know, I didn't know everybody back then when, when we were right. doing this. And so right. I didn't have the contacts to get stories from people like you. So the fact that the documentary is coming out now and that people have seen the trailer and, um, are going, wait a second, I have my LuLaRoe truth to share too. Right. right. And I love that I'm able to share them on the podcast because I know people want to hear them. The people in well, the documentary were not the only people that were hurt by LuLaRoe. We just were the ones that 
got the opportunity right. to share. Right. And if anything good, and if anything good came out of any, you know, we got down to like, you know, $15,000 of clothing after selling it all at cost or lower, we were able to donate it and let, you know, people have some clean clothes when they had disasters and stuff like that. So, you know, that's, that's the good that came out of it for me, knowing that I did that and knowing that I walked away with my integrity. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Well, yeah. I'm, uh, I have a series of questions that I usually ask on the podcast, but I okay. made them very LuLaRoe specific for this series okay. that we're doing. Um, sure. are you ready? Yeah. Bring it on. Okay. One word that encompasses how you feel about LuLaRoe. Disappointment, really disappointed, <laughs> disappointed in what they offered or they claimed they were offering versus what they delivered. Um, one warning to somebody that wants to join LuLaRoe. Don't do it. Follow your gut, not just the hype. Uh, don't get caught up in the excitement part of it. But I mean, it's a lot of money to invest. Um, if you need to have a little side gig or something to do on the side, there's lots of better options out there. I agree. Lots of non-MLM work from home options, especially Absolutely. because of this pandemic. Lots of stuff yep. has opened up. Yeah, and fun stuff too. Yeah, really fun stuff. Um, yeah. What is your worst memory about your time in LuLaRoe? Hmm, there's so many. Um, <laughs> I, I think for me, it has to be that meeting that we had where it was being put upon me that someone, that initially they wanted me to trust enough for them to, you know, have me, have me uh, sell her clothing they sat at a meeting with other people telling me how bad she was. Like I, that to me just, I think broke my spirit more than anything. Um, in looking back at the time, it didn't feel bad, but now it just, I think to myself, how, how bad was I to sit there and allow somebody else to tell me how bad someone else was. The hardest lesson that you learned while in LuLaRoe. Listening to other people and, and ruining friendships over it. Um, and the last one is a positive takeaway from your time in LuLaRoe? That I'm more, I'm more than just a number. And that's all I was with them. I'm more than that. And um, I'm a pretty cool person. And it sucks that they didn't recognize that. I would agree. I think you're a really cool person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Sherry. Hey, no, thank you. Bert. I, I appreciate you. I really do. Um, I appreciate you for getting the stories out there. I appreciate you for being so real and raw and honest about things because I think sometimes it's too, it's too sugar-coated um, and I think that we do have to be raw about it. It's just, it's what it is. Yeah. And listening to stories like yours, that helps end that stigma. I know there are yes. people that listen to this and relate the way you related to my story. They're relating to yours as well. And maybe, yes. maybe you were the story they needed to hear to be like, okay, yeah, I'm done. That's, that's right. If, if one person is affected by it and can make a strong decision for them and their family, um, and we don't have anyone who's you know at home fighting with a spouse and going through divorce and stuff over a, a pair of leggings that really, in the end of the day, doesn't matter, isn't the quality, it, it, it makes all the difference. So if, that's, if one person is affected by it, then I've done my job. Absolutely. I think a lot yeah. more than one person is going to be affected yeah. by your story. I hope so. So I look forward to... Uh, to hearing more of your stories and I look forward to you empowering more people to come forward. Thank you. I also look forward to that. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to life after MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti MLM friends as well. See you next time.